And one of the things I talk about is when you look for outside feedback, find tough love, right? Find someone who's going to care enough about you, who's going to love you and going to give you that feedback. But don't give yourself just the tough. You know, a lot of people are so hard on themselves. They think they're actually doing themselves a favor by tearing themselves down. But that doesn't bring you to a point of growth, I don't think. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. In fact, we're the most practical business podcast in the world. It's time to go from a business manager to a business leader so you can stop managing the daily grind and instead start leading the long-term growth of your organization. Here's the thing, though. Growing an organization is a team sport, not a solo act. It's not lonely at the top if you bring your people with you. So this podcast isn't just focused on getting more done and growing your organization. We always focus on leading a team, your team, with confidence. Here's how we do that. Each week, we release a new episode answering your pressing questions about running a business or organization. However, we always highlight one next step for you and include what we like to call an activation or delegation guide so you can immediately take action, start applying what you learn, and get your team to help you. Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay, a virtual staffing company based in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, but everyone calls me LZ. I'm the COO of Belay, and we have the privilege of helping thousands of organizations save time, decrease hassles, and reduce the stress associated with running a business with administrative support. We are so excited you're with us today. In this episode, we'll be talking about how to use authority, warmth, and energy to amplify the effectiveness of our communication and connection with others. And we'll be joined by Steve Herz, the president of the Montag Group, a talent agency representing broadcasters on networks like NBC Sports, ESPN, and CNN. In this episode, he'll help us win trust, respect, and influence at work. Like it or not, people are judging us before they know us. No! I know, I know. That may feel superficial, but the reality is, consciously or unconsciously, others assess your appearance, speech, energy, personality, and behavior all the time. From those assessments, they form opinions about your likely strengths, weaknesses, and capabilities, and decide if they want to further engage with you. Today, we're going to learn how to become aware of how we're showing up and what we can do about it. Yes, but... Before we hear today's listener question, we want to let you know that the One Next Step is brought to you by Belay's free remote leadership mini course. Is your in-office position now remote? Are you getting ready to lead your first remote team? Would you prefer to work at your own pace or maybe even alone on your own schedule? Are you preparing to hire help for your business growing but don't have a brick-and-mortar office? You deserve a way to work and live. As you've likely discovered, when you make the switch from leading in an office to leaning remotely, there are a slew of new challenges and perhaps hassles. This free email course will cover areas like productivity while working from home, how to lead your team remotely, 
creating a cohesive communication plan for your team, and how to build and maintain a healthy remote culture so that you can start leading your team well with or without a shared office space. Discover how to lead a remote team. Enroll now at belaysolutions.com forward slash masterclass. Now, let's get started with today's listener question. Hi, Lisa and Tricia. Uh, my name is Peter. I'm a successful project manager at a Fortune 500 in New Jersey, but I also own a thriving side business producing 24 events per year b- before COVID-19, of course. I'm good with details, and I think I'm good with people as well, and I know all of my work is reliant on working with others. Honestly, I feel like I've plateaued at work. I work hard and I deliver on time, but I feel like I'm being overlooked a bit. I'd like to foster strong relationships with the leaders in the organization. So what are some things I can do to improve the way my team and my leaders experience working with me? Hey, Peter, you know, questions like yours are why we created this podcast. This is a good one. So thanks for sending it in. I agree. Anyone who listened to this podcast from the beginning knows that I believe it's important for us to be intentional about how we show up. I am excited for our guest, Steve Hers. He's the president of the Montau Group, a talent agency representing some of the world's best sports broadcasters, news broadcasters, journalists, and media personalities. It's literally his job to help clients refine how they show up on and off camera. He's recently put what he's learned in a new book, Don't take yes for an answer, using authority, warmth, and energy to get exceptional results. Here's our interview with Steve Hers. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today on the One Next Step podcast. We are grateful to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Let's just jump right in. One of the things that you talk about and you highlight is that, and I find this Absolutely fascinating. 15% of a person's financial success is attributed to technical ability, proficiency, skill set, and 85% contributed to soft skills. I think that most people would never really believe that it's weighted that high on the soft skills, meaning ability to communicate, negotiate, lead, and those things. So why do so many business leaders or, or people miss this principle, and what is really preventing them from making a breakthrough here? Well, I I think it's because we learn this, some of these principles in nursery school and in kindergarten. And it's actually on your report card. It might say, well, Trisha plays well with others, or (laughs) Lisa Lisa is a good sharer, or, you know, so, you know, Lisa is a warm person. She's a pleasure to have in class. You know, these are the kinds of things that ultimately are the reasons why we'll see later why Google hires people. And yet, once we get into first grade and then almost exclusively through college, graduate school, even postgraduate, if you go back and have to keep up a license of some sort, it's all based on the technical skills because that's kind of the easy thing to put metrics around. You know, mm-hmm. we can give you an A in English literature or science or math, or whatever. We could, but we're not really trained or equipped to give you an A in, you know, think about uh, smiling or warmth or energy. <laughs> I like that. I want to give grades out for smiling. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I, think we, I think we should, exactly. And we do, invariably, what we do is we do give grades out for smiling in kindergarten, and then we stop. So I think that business leaders 
you know, myself included, even though I wrote a book about it, are trained to not think in this kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that 15%, I think is a little bit misleading because you have to be good at the 15%. But all of us get a job because we are good enough at the 15% because that's where all of our resources Mm -hmm. and energy goes to. And so what ends up happening is, yeah, we are good enough at the 15%, but we're competing against all these other people who also spent all their time, energy, and resources Mm -hmm. on the 15%, and they're good enough too. And therefore, that part of your life gets commoditized. Oh, gosh. So true. Yes. So it's like standing out, right? So, you know, a group of people might have that 15% skill set, but then what of the 85% are you bringing so that you're different, better, Mm -hmm. achieving over the other people who, who have that same 15%? Right, because ultimately, look, it's it's about influence, right? If if you're, I always use the example of a dentist because I think it's very easy for people to understand. You know, I, I actually broke a tooth during uh, COVID. I lost my front tooth. Oh, ouch. and I, I bit into a piece of corn, and I had some problems in the past. It just cracked in a hundred pieces, and now I'm looking like a hockey player, right? So <laughs> I, I need to find a dentist, and it wasn't easy up in New York. A lot of dental offices were closed, but ultimately, if I found 10 dentists, all of them could fix a tooth. They all went to dental school. Mm -hmm. They all know how to do it. And yet I chose the guy that I chose because he said to me, look, everything's closed, but lucky for you, I don't need to go to the lab. I have a 3D printer. I've done a hundred teeth replacements like this in the last year alone with my printer. You'll be out of my office within two hours of being there. Uh, I'm going to, I'll scope your mouth. I'll print it. I'll make the tooth and you'll be out of there. And as you can see, he did it. I was out of there. But he had a level of authority about himself in my Mm -hmm. awe parlance that he just was very self-assured. He was emotionally committed to his message. He spoke with conviction. And boom, I was in his office the next morning and I was out the next morning. And, And those are the things that we don't teach people. No, no, it's it's the soft skills so often. So you kind of teased it a little bit, your your acronym, your framework of awe. Would you introduce that to us and explain that framework? Sure. So going back to your original question, if you think about this idea of the 1585 and why business leaders don't kind of learn it and why they're not leading with it, again, going back to the kindergarten point, we don't really learn it, right, after kindergarten. But even if we do learn it, if I were to say to you, Lisa, you know, Lisa, I think you're really good at your job and I really like you, but I think you're lacking in your soft skills. I think there's something missing with you. Let's say that was my Mm -hmm. feedback on you. You would hopefully say to me, Steve, what does that mean? What what, what do you mean I need to improve my soft skills? What, What part of it? So I think most people don't really understand what soft skills are. They don't really know how to correct Mm -hmm. it. Even if, you know, another big buzzword is EQ, emotional intelligence. I said you had a problem there. Where do you start also? So awe is just an attempt by me to take that entire idea of soft skills, EQ, 85%, and give it a very simple, actionable verbiage, right? Mm -hmm. So awe is, do people like me? Do they trust me? Do they want to be around me? And do they want to go along with my ideas? That's it. To me, that's what soft skills are anyway. Right, so yeah. if, if, you, if you break down the awe, it's just A, authority. Mm-hmm. What kind of style do you bring to the table that makes people want to believe you're competent and the right person 
to fix my tooth, to come on my <laughs> podcast, to, you know, uh, b- get promoted at work. Mm-hmm. Am I the type of person, like if I'm running the company, do I want to put Lisa in a charge of 50 people? Like, does she communicate with that authority? I know she's competent in terms of her educational background, mm-hmm. but are people under her going to find her competent? Mm-hmm. And that is a stylistic point. Again, in addition to, if you don't have the substance, I'm not hiring you anyway. But assuming you have the 15. So the A is authority. And we can get into what that means in terms of the granularity. The W is trust. It's warmth. It's connection. Mm -hmm. And so the W actually does stand for warmth. But it really is kind of more of a buzzword for trust. Because, listen, you think about any relationship that you have. If you don't trust the person, I don't care if it's your Uber driver or your doctor, you're not going to be in a relationship with that person. And ultimately, it's the foundation of everything. And that Mm -hmm. if you don't have a connection, if you don't have that ability to relate to someone, if you don't feel that the other person cares about you and is interested, Mm -hmm. invested in you, then there's nothing there. You know, it's just, it's not Mm going to work. And if you can't communicate in your own manner, in a way that makes other people feel connected to you and feel trusting of you, then yeah, you might still have a job. You might still be a dentist or whatever you are, but my thesis is that you're not going to come anywhere near Mm. to close to reaching your potential. And it's very sad because it doesn't mean that you're working any harder than this person is, that you're any smarter, that you're a better person. It might just mean that you just have this communication blind spot that's completely sabotaging you and you don't know you're doing it. Well, it's like the old adage that they say, I mean, people leave their bosses, not their jobs. And so, you know, your team appreciating who you are, the warmth, the engagement, the person you bring to their leadership is so relevant to how people show up. I mean, people will overperform for a boss that they like. Um, never mind, you know, yes, they have authority and the skill set, but I mean, don't we all want to work for somebody who we enjoy working for and we want to do a good job for? I think it's very easy for people to find reason not to work so hard and for employee satisfaction to dip if you don't have a supervisor, a boss, or a leader who can be engaging and warm and connected to people. Exactly, exactly. And, and, we, and we take it for granted that that's like, um, oh, that's just like a thing that it's a nice to have, right, in a business. Mm, right. Nice to have a warm leader. Well, it's not really. I mean, yeah, it's a nice to have if you want to have a mediocre business, but it's an essential thing if you want to have a good business or a great business. Mm-hmm. And it's more importantly, it's essential for you if you want to be great in this world. You know, why bother going to school and studying hard and getting your good grades and getting your graduate degree, whatever it is you might want to pursue, (laughs) going and getting the job you want, starting the podcast that you want, whatever it might be, and then not achieve the level of success you want because Mm -hmm. you're just saying, oh, that's just like a soft skill. That's, that's, I'm going to poo poo that. Right. So then the last piece of awe is E and it's very, they're all very connected. You know, the E is energy and it's not just your energy. It's the energy that you make another person feel. It's the dynamic that you're creating in any interaction. And just like you said about the boss, who is it warm? Not only does that person not make you feel like you can trust them because they're not interested in you and they're not creating that level of warmth and connection that you want, but they're also, they're deflating you because you're going home from work and thinking, God, I work for this person. He doesn't care about me. It's just about the numbers. You know, I, I, I just don't even feel acknowledged. I feel like completely uh, mm-hmm. ignored professionally. All I have is a piece of dirt to you and a number that I have to do something for you. I'm an object in your mind. And so I, I don't feel that connection. 
and I feel deflated. And think about how much better you would be in your job if that person energized you, which, which also isn't that hard to do. Right. And that's what we yeah. go through in the book is just really teaching people how to show up with these qualities. And, and by the way, like, I think it's more fun anyway, if you can do these things. Yeah. Well, I kind of view this as the secret sauce. So I've got two young adult children and I'm, I'm always looking for ways to encourage them in their success. And you think about you putting yourself back in that. And there are definitely, there's, I love the adage, there's always going to be somebody smarter in the room than you, right? And so this is really that secret sauce or that playbook of how to be successful in life. It's not just about being smart. There's a lot of smart people who you look back on. Me now graduated, I won't tell you how long ago, way too long ago. <laughs> I look back and you go, oh, they were at the top of their class. They never reached their potential. And it's because they couldn't connect with people. Their head down and they could study like nobody else and they could understand uh, those equations, but they just couldn't connect. And you find that it's not just in their professional relationships, but also their personal relationships. These are people who have a harder time connecting and building friendships, dealing with their family because they don't have those things that you've talked about with awe. So that's just, it's fascinating. Definitely something to share with your families as well. Yeah. And, and look, I, I would just, I would only say one thing. Let's not keep it a secret anymore. It's not a secret sauce. <laughs> that's right. No more secret sauce. That yes. was a perfect segue. So as we talk about you in your book, you kind of have a cheat sheet in there, which I love. And let's talk about that. So considering where we are in today's world, remote working environment, are there any specific elements to awe that you would recommend to business leaders today using the awe model, even when it comes to working remote now and, and communicating remote? Yes, I, I would say all of them. I would say that if, if you're a business leader, and look, it depends on who your audience is, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you, 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 we all have a lot of different constituencies depending on your business. You know, as a leader, you have your staff, your colleagues, depending on how big the business is, your direct reports, et cetera. So you have your internal communication issues, which in my mind is often way overlooked and more important than your external communication issues. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're a public company, you got to communicate externally to uh, Wall Street and your investor community. If you're a private business, you, you, you might have, you know, private equity or whoever, but there's always going to be those constituencies. And then most importantly, or I keep saying most importantly, because they're all most importantly, <laughs> is, 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 your, is your customer base. You know, you're like we, my main job is as a talent agent and we have a lot of on-air clients. And throughout this pandemic, I'm trying to make an extra effort to reach out to people and communicate, whether mm -hmm. it's via email, text, on the phone, Zoom, what have you. Because, you know, normally we, we've all been sequestered in our company for almost five months now. And normally you'd have seen a lot of your customers, your clients in that period mm -hmm. of time, the buyers who are going to, you know, in our case, you know, purchase, if you will, hire our clients. And so we don't have those touch points. You got to really go the extra mile and keep in touch with them. And so I think all of these principles are, believe it or not, even more applicable today mm -hmm. than they were five months ago. Yeah. The landscape today has almost accentuated the fact that these are needed. Right, right. Well, I think, look, it, it also gives people a chance to, to see one of the good things about where we are today, I think, is, and this is kind of meta because we're on a Zoom and also on, <laughs> on a call right now, is that we can all see each other in real time. We can all record ourselves. So if you, you know, had a bad habit of 
you know, looking away from people, not looking in their eyes, whatever it might be, or having a very dead body language, what have you, that'll show up on Zoom. And you can go look at that as opposed to you're in a meeting in your normal life. You're not recording your life. You know, this is a, this is a very unique and, and, and actually great opportunity for you right now in these last few months. Yeah, I was going to say that was one of the, the biggest areas of growth for me. Um, I grew up kind of being a performer. And um, as a performer, you always need to watch yourself so that you can, again, you're looking for feedback from your director or the person in charge or people out in the audience but really understanding how people view you so you can go back. I know Trisha and I, as we've done this podcast, like you said, right now we're being recorded. And so we can listen to ourselves on audio and we can watch ourselves. People don't like to do it. It feels uncomfortable, but in that uncomfortability is where you grow. You have to be uncomfortable with seeing the flaws within yourself to improve and gain that other 85%. I think mm-hmm. you're right. And, and look, you know, here's the thing. I, I think what, what you're pointing to is this kind of fine line between self-awareness, which is what you're talking about when you look at yourself, and then self-consciousness when you, oh, I can't stand the way I look, right? Right. And I, I think we really want to try to get people who are listening to this, who are tuning in, stay on the right side of this. Self-awareness is the right side. Self-consciousness to me is the wrong side of this because Mm -hmm. look, we're all imperfect beings. We're Mm -hmm. all improving something. We should, in my view, we should all be improving something till the day we die. And Mm -hmm. that should be the point of life in in my opinion, at least. And understanding that nobody's perfect. You just want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. And therefore you can look at this with a constructive I, but a, a positively constructive eye. And, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things I talk about is when you look for outside feedback, find tough love, right? Find someone who's mm-hmm. going to care enough about you, who's going to love you and going to give you that feedback. But don't give yourself just the tough. You know, a lot of people are so hard on themselves. They think they're actually doing themselves a favor mm-hmm. by tearing themselves down. But that doesn't bring you to a point of growth, mm-hmm. I don't think. No, you have to be compassionate to yourself. Right. We fault judge all too often. You know, you look in the mirror, oh, I see this or I see that and I need to change this and change that. Look at your family and their and your friends. They're not judging you for those things, right? You know, I mean, we're talking about taking this to a different level of success and being mindful, but but not um, self-degrading. Correct. Yeah. book, um, you have very practical and actionable items in each of the chapters that deal with awe. And you focus specifically on how to assess and improve on each of those areas. However, from your coaching experiences and your books, what is something that you could recommend for everyone to do every day to bring more authority and warmth and energy to their interactions with others? Well, I don't want to punt on your question but I will say this. I, no, I, because I, because I, I, I think it's not a one size fits all approach. Okay. What I, what I would say is, is that depending on who you are, first, try to give yourself what I would call the diagnostic X-ray. Right. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, you read the book. If you don't read the book, then just read the free guide, and that's fine. And you'll get enough of a sense of it, I think, to be able to do that. And try to take a little inventory of yourself and say, well, where am I on the A authority scale? Where am I in the W? Where am I on the E? So let's just say, for example, 
your authority is lacking because your voice lacks authority. And both in terms of the pitch level that you have, let's say it's artificially high because mm-hmm. a lot of people have an artificially high pitch voice, men and women, by the way. Interesting. And, and, and then secondly, let's say you have this bad habit of not using your voice properly that you have a sing song delivery. So for the, that's going to be a large swath mm-hmm. of people who are going to, I think, read this book. They're, it's going to be in the voice and the authority piece, right? So for them, I would say that do that every morning. Think about you know, doing some vocal exercises. First of all, you can do it for free online. There's a million different resources that you can just Google vocal exercises. Uh, how to improve your pitch, for example. Type that into the, into the bar. I didn't know that it existed. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> and then, and then you know, the other thing is there's a great app that I just found out about the other day called Speako. It will actually help you with your voice. And it'll send you a reminder every morning to do a little vocal exercise every morning. Whoa. So there's a look, mm. this is the good thing about life is that nowadays with the internet, people have thought of everything, literally in a good mm. way. They've thought yeah. of everything. Any problem you have, somebody has already thought of it. Now, someone may come up with a better solution to what's already mm. out there, but I would say 99 times out of 100, there's already a solution out there, some solution. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing. Voice is very important. And then in terms of warmth, there's a couple things you could do in terms of whatever your x-ray reveals. So in my case, you know, it's funny. I talked about my tooth earlier. I grew up with a lot of problems with my front teeth, got them knocked out, playing racquetball and all these different problems. So I used to not like to smile. And my wife pointed out to me during the run-up of this book, hey, big shot, you know, you're writing a book about communication and warmth. How about you smile once in a while? She used her authority when she told you, did she? <laughs> exactly, exactly. She's the, the ultimate, uh, keeps me honest. But, but, but it was true. And she, she said that to me. And so what I ended up doing is I, I kind of used a hack that was in the book, which is you start noticing. And, you know, I'm looking at you, Trisha, right now. You have a great smile. And it, it becomes like a flashing light to me that you're smiling at me right now. And it's, it's kind of subconsciously reminding me, smile. Smile, smile in a good way. It's just like this little mm-hmm. reminder, right? And so if I would go out and I would be at a party or at a business meeting, whatever, just subconsciously, I would scan the room and I would notice who had a good smile, who didn't. And it would be a little reminder for me to smile more. Smile. Mm-hmm. And we can, yeah. we can apply that to any of these communication flaws. I love that. Especially for us ladies, when we have our RBF, you know, where (laughs) you just didn't say that. (laughs) I said RBF. I'm not going to spell it out. We all know what that means, right? So we have to be the antithesis of that and smile. It's not a one size fits all approach, right? So I, I personally think one of the best stories in the entire book is about this guy who works for me named Reed Pakula. And he has this bad habit. But let me just give you the quick backdrop on it. 23-year-old guy, graduated from college, comes to work for us, really good guy, has a great attitude, good energy, uh, starts as a paid intern, comes to me after a couple months and says, how am I doing here? And I said, you're doing great. You are going to get promoted. You're going to be a junior agent. Everyone likes you. Everybody tells me everything that they ask of you, you're doing. And his response to me was still to this day, one of the best responses I've ever gotten in my life from anybody. He said, you telling me I'm doing great? I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. I'm not taking that from you. He said, I hear the way you talk to people. I know the book that you're writing. I, I know your mindset. What is it that I can be doing better? Mm. Give me one or two things that I can be doing better. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good for a 23-year-old to say that to yeah. me. 
Yeah. And so I said, well, all right, Reed, now that you mentioned it, you just don't sound that intelligent. You have a lack of authority about your personality mm-hmm. often because you use the filler word like all the time. Mm-hmm. You say like almost every other sentence, if not more. And he just looks back, he leans back in his chair and he said, all right, all right, all right, thanks. That's good. That's good information. I'll see you in a few weeks. Well, I'm going to be back here. And he obviously kept working. Two weeks later, he comes back in the office, says, how am I doing? I said, you're doing terribly. You haven't improved at all in two weeks. <laughs> so you're saying like we, all the time. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a bit of a laugh about that. And he just, he looks at me, oh God, what am I going to do? I said, Reed, I'm going to solve your problem for you. Here's a little hack. So I gave him the same hack that we talked about with the smiling before. I said, you go home over the weekend. It was Martin Luther King weekend. So it was a three-day weekend. You go home over the weekend and you say like as much as you want. Have a ball. Like yourself to death. <laughs> Just do me a favor and pay very careful attention to your parents, your siblings, your friends. I want you to be hyper aware of everybody else using the word like. I think that's going to help you. Tuesday rolls around. He comes back in the office, comes over to me. He says, I have good news and bad news. The good news is I'm never going to say the word like again. The bad news is I can't stand any of my friends. <laughs> that is a great story. I love it. It was the, it was the level of, mm-hmm. you know, he, he created that level of awareness that mm-hmm. was impossible. Self-awareness is not always enough. It's very right. difficult to have self-awareness in the moment. Yeah, yeah. put it to action. Yeah. Right. And now, you know, he's taking it a step further. He, he criticizes me if I say the word like. And his whole, his whole identity in a good way, among other things, is about a guy who never says the word like. So it just wouldn't even come out of his mouth anymore. Sure. What do you feel? Um, maybe you can't even say which one, but do you find that the majority of people, or maybe just one wins out more than the other? When we're talking about awe, do people, do you find that most of the time they lack more authority? Do they lack more warmth? Do they lack more energy? Is that even possible? Yeah, it's possible. But I think most people who lack authority, unfortunately, I'm going to use the word fail. It's not the right word, but they, they don't achieve what they should because that lack of authority is what leads for them. You know what I mean? In their mm-hmm. life, it, sure. they may have warmth, they may have some energy, but that lack of authority, that hesitancy, that filler words, that, mm-hmm. that poorly used voice, mm-hmm. the sing song delivery, whatever it might be, the humming and the hawing, the, the, the looking away when they're making a point, they're looking into their face, they're putting their hand over their face, all these mm-hmm. little things that sabotage mm-hmm. us. That's what unfortunately leads for them. And, and then you have the people who lack warmth, same thing. They make you feel like you don't exist in the relationship. They don't smile at you. They don't ask you any questions about yourself. They don't really take an interest in you. And so unfortunately, they're leading with their lack of warmth. Very good stuff. This has been awesome conversation. Yes. Awesome. Awesome (laughs) conversation. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, I know that we could continue to talk. Your book is fabulous. I thought it was fabulous, and I know that the reviews out there are also amazing. So um, definitely we will let our listeners know how to pick up a copy, and I know that you've been generous enough to give us some resources today. So thank you very much for your time and for helping make Trisha and I better and our listeners better at the same time. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys you. are great. 
Don't even read the book. You're both awesome. Seriously. <laughs> great great, great communication skills. Save, Thank you. Save your money on this lousy book. Just. <laughs> no, really, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, Steve. Steve. Wow. Okay, Trisha, we had another fantastic guest today, Steve Hers, and he really brought the awesomeness, right? Yeah. Right? Yes, he did. <laughs> All right. I want to know, I'm on the edge of my seat. What is your takeaway from today? Well, you know me. Um, <laughs> I loved his take on the A, authority. I think it is so important for authority to show up, to lead oneself, mm-hmm. right? You can't lead others until you can lead yourself. Um, and it's hard to follow somebody who may be lacking in authority. So I, I found it fascinating that that was the one that he saw kind of missing a lot for people that take these his assessment. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to our um, listeners taking the assessment. But I love his focus on that and some of the tips and advice he gave around authority being you know relevant and important to really lead a successful life above the other in that 85% window. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that when we talk about warmth, so the the W side of it, how he really focused on voice and inflection, um, I thought it was fascinating. Maybe it's because I haven't looked for it, didn't know I needed to look for it. Maybe there's some feedback out there. But when it talks about how the tone of your voice and that there are applications and tools that you can Google that will really help you have a voice that has authority and also has warmth to it. So I think that can be a a real game changer for people who perhaps have been told before that they need to work on their pronunciation. Uh, I know in his book, he goes into talking Mm -hmm. about how some people have a, an unnaturally kind of high voice, like a, a mini mouse voice and how that's really hard for them to receive or ask for authority because you, you kind of see that as more kid-like, more jovial Mm-hmm. Um, and not so focused and serious. So very good stuff to actually think about how your voice and how you communicate. Yes. Well, and that he said that most people go up an octave. Yes. Men and women. So yeah. now I have to yeah. make sure I <laughs> keep my voice keep very low. where it belongs naturally. Yeah. Yes. But then I would think that, right, but let, let's be real. But if it's too low then maybe there's a lack of warmth there. So it's kind of like you yes. kind of have to find that that middle ground. Yes. We're just going to yes, go with yes. let's just be us and use our natural voices. Yes, I like that. I like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for the One Next Step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. And today's next step is to assess how you show up. Ooh, awesome. (laughs) We can say that word a lot. Okay, so to help you do it, we always provide what we call an activation or delegation guide. And this week's resource is Steve Herr's Authority Prep Guide. I know, it's so fun. Yeah. Even though we're judged on our speech and body language, nobody 
wants to point out our flaws. However, it's up to us to figure out and improve how we show up. And this guide will give you a shareable overview of Steve's AWE toolkit, along with tips to improve your authority, warmth, and energy. To download it now, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. That's onenextsteppodcast.com. And when you request today's guide, you'll also receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways, links to resources mentioned in this episode, and questions to ask yourself or your team to further explore today's topic. We'll also give you a link to a 10 to 15 minute playlist, y'all know that's my favorite, that you can play in the background while you focus on your one next step. So again, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. And if you're not convinced already, we're even going to give you the opportunity to submit your business questions so one of us or a future guest can answer it during an upcoming episode. So here's our challenge to you. Download the guide. Hear me? Download that guide and then give yourself the next 10 to 15 minutes listening to that awesome playlist to work on your one next step. And with that, thank you for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. So start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.